0: This is day 92 of our daily Bible reading plan. We'll be completing Job chapters 20 through 24. Lord God, please quiet our hearts today to be receptive to your word and to your instruction. May we not loathe your instruction. While it is painful at times, we know, Lord, that through your discipline, we will be made better than we are today. And sometimes we are going to have to go through hard things in order for us to learn the hard lessons. Because we're such a stubborn people. Lord, please teach us your ways. Please give us wisdom and strength. And strength of will and character to do the right thing. Regardless of how hard it might be. How how much opposition there might be. How uncomfortable it might be. But Lord, that the desire to do your will should supersede all those things. Please bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Zophar the Naamathite answered, Therefore my disquieting thoughts make me respond, even because of my inward agitation. I listened to the reproof which insults me, and the spirit of my understanding makes me answer. Do you know this from of old, from the establishment of man on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the godless momentary? Though his loftiness reaches the heavens, and his head touches the clouds, he perishes forever like his refuse. Those who have seen him will say, Where is he? He flies away like a dream, and they cannot find him. Even like a vision of the night, he is chased away. The eye which saw him sees him no longer, and his place no longer beholds him. His sons favor the poor, and his hands give back his wealth. His bones are full of his youthful vigor, but it lies down with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, Though he desires it and will not let it go, but holds it in his mouth, yet his food in his stomach is changed to the venom of cobras within him. He swallows riches, but will vomit them up. God will expel them from his belly. He sucks the poison of cobras. The viper's tongue slays him. He does not look at the streams the rivers flowing with honey and curds. He returns what he has attained and cannot swallow it. As to the riches of his trading, he cannot even enjoy them. For he has oppressed and forsaken the poor. He has seized a house which he has not built. Because he knew no quiet within him, he does not retain anything he desires. Nothing remains for him to devour Therefore, his prosperity does not endure. In the fullness of his plenty, he will be cramped. The hand of everyone who suffers will come against him. When he fills his belly, God will send his fierce anger on him, and will rain on him while he is eating. He will flee from the iron weapon, but the bronze bow will pierce him. It is drawn forth and comes out of his back. Even the glittering point from his gall, terrors come upon him. Complete darkness is held in reserve for his treasures. An unfanned fire will devour him. It will consume the survivor in his tent. The heavens will reveal his iniquity, and the earth will rise up against him. The increase of his house will depart. His possessions will flow away in the day of his anger. This is the wicked man's portion from God, even the heritage decreed to him by God. Then Job answered, Listen carefully to my speech, and let this be your way of consolation. Bear with me that I may speak, Then, after I have spoken you may mock. As for me... Is my complaint to man? And why should I not be impatient? Look at me, and be astonished, and put your hand over your mouth. Even when I remember I am disturbed, and horror takes hold of my flesh. Why do the wicked still live, continue on, also become very powerful? Their descendants are established with them in their sight and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear, and the rod of God is not on them. His ox mates without fail, his cow calves and does not abort. They send forth their little ones like the flock, and their children skip about. They sing to the timbrel and harp, and rejoice at the sound of the flute. They spend their days in prosperity, And suddenly they go down to Sheol. They say to God, Depart from us. We do not even desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what would we gain if we entreat him? Behold, their prosperity is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is the lamp of the wicked put out? Or does their calamity fall on them? Does God apportion destruction in his anger? Are they as straw before the wind, and like chaff which the storm carries away? You say God stores away a man's iniquity for his sons. Let God repay him, so that he may know it. Let his own eyes see his decay and let him drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what does he care for his household after him, when the number of his months is cut off? Can anyone teach God knowledge, in that he judges those on high? One dies in his full strength, being wholly at ease and satisfied. His sides are filled with fat, and the marrow of his bones is moist while another dies with a bitter soul, never even tasting anything good. Together they lie down in the dust, and worms cover them. Behold, I know your thoughts, and the plans by which you would wrong me. For you say, Where is the house of the nobleman, And where is the tent, the dwelling places of the wicked? Have you not asked wayfaring men? And do you not recognize their witness? For the wicked is reserved for the day of calamity. They will be led forth at the day of fury. Who will comfort him with his actions? And who will repay him for what he has done? While he is carried to the grave, men will keep watch over his tomb. The clods of the valley will gently cover him. Moreover, All men will follow after him, while countless ones go before him. How then will you vainly comfort me? For your answers remain full of falsehood. Then Eliphaz the Temanite responded, Can a vigorous man be of use to God? Or a wise man be useful to himself? Is there any pleasure to the Almighty, if you are righteous, or profit, if you make your ways perfect? Is it because of your reverence that he reproves you, that he enters into judgment against you? Is not your wickedness great, and your iniquities without end? For you have taken pledges of your brothers without cause, and stripped men naked. To the weary you have given no water to drink, and from the hungry you have withheld bread. But the earth belongs to the mighty man, and the honorable man dwells in it. You have sent widows away empty, and the strength of the orphans has been crushed. Therefore snares surround you, and sudden dread terrifies you, or darkness so that we cannot see, and an abundance of water covers you. Is not God in the height of heaven? Look also at the distant stars, how high they are. You say, what does God know? Can he judge through the thick darkness? Clouds are a hiding place for him, so that he cannot see, and he walks on the vault of heaven. Will you keep to the ancient path where wicked men have trod, who were snatched away before their time? whose foundations were washed away by a river? They said to God, Depart from us, and what can the Almighty do to them? Yet he filled their houses with good things, but the counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see and are glad, and the innocent mock them, saying, Truly our adversaries are cut off, and their abundance the fire has consumed. Yield now, and be at peace with him. Thereby good will come to you. Please receive instruction from his mouth, and establish his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored, if you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. And place your gold in the dust, and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Then... The Almighty will be your gold and choice silver to you. For then you will delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him, and He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. When you are cast down, you will speak with confidence, and the humble person He will save. He will deliver one who is not innocent, and he will be delivered through the cleanliness of his hands. Then Job replied, Even today my complaint is rebellion. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat! I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn the words which he would answer, and perceive what he would say to me. Would he contend with me by the greatness of his power? No, surely he would pay attention to me. There the upright would reason with him, and I would be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his path. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the command of his lips, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is unique, and who can turn him? And what his soul desires, that he does. For he performs what is appointed for me, and many such decrees are with him. Therefore I would be dismayed at his presence. When I consider, I am terrified of him. It is God who has made my heart faint, and the Almighty who has dismayed me. But I am not silenced by the darkness, nor deep gloom which covers me. Why are times not stored up by the Almighty? And why do those who know him not see his days? Some remove the landmarks, They seize and devour flocks. They drive away the donkeys of the orphans, or take the widow's ox for a pledge. They push the needy aside from the road. The poor of the land are made to hide themselves altogether. Behold, as wild donkeys in the wilderness, they go forth seeking food in their activity, as bread for their children in the desert." They harvest their fodder in the field, and glean the vineyard of the wicked. They spend the night naked without clothing, and have no covering against the cold. They are wet with the mountain rains, and hug the rock for want of a shelter. Others snatch the orphan from the breast, and against the poor they take a pledge. They cause the poor to go about naked without clothing and they take away the sheaves from the hungry. Within the walls they produce oil, they tread wine presses, but thirst. From the city men groan, and the souls of the wounded cry out, yet God does not pay attention to folly. Others have been with those who rebel against the light. They do not want to know its ways nor abide in its paths. The murderer arises at dawn, he kills the poor and the needy, and at night he is as a thief. The eye of the adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, No eye will see me, and he disguises his face. In the dark they dig into houses, they shut themselves up by day, they do not know the light. For the morning is the same to him as thick darkness, for he is familiar with the terrors of thick darkness. They are insignificant on the surface of the water. Their portion is cursed on the earth. They do not turn toward the vineyards. Drought and heat consume the snow waters. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. A mother will forget him, the worm feeds sweetly till he is no longer remembered, and wickedness will be broken like a tree. He wrongs the barren woman and does no good for the widow, but he drags off the valiant by his power. He rises, but no one has assurance of life. He provides them with security, and they are supported, and his eyes are on their ways. They are exalted a little while, then they are gone. Moreover, they are brought low, and like everything gathered up. Even like the heads of grain, they are cut off. Now, if it is not so, who can prove me a liar and make my speech worthless? So, starting in chapter 20, we have Zophar, who... If you noticed how these three guys are, they're not completely wrong in their assessment of things, but they are not completely right either. So what I wanted to do was identify the things that they're saying that are absolutely true and essential, but yet at the same time, we need to identify the things that are false so that we do not believe that they are completely right in their assessment, which we know they're not because... Job is very dissatisfied with the help he's getting from his friends. So we start off in chapter 20 with verse 4, where he says, Do you know this from of old, from the establishment of man on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the godless momentary? Though his loftiness reaches the heavens and his head touches the clouds, he perishes forever like his refuse. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? Isn't that true? Isn't that so true that it may seem like bad people get away with things and wickedness is goes unpunished on earth? Sometimes it feels that way. And yet God does take care of those people in eternity. So if we see it from the temporal, it may not always seem fair, and then we risk calling God unfair, which he's not, and he will exact justice in his timing, and no one's going to slip through the cracks. Everyone is going to be held accountable to his judgment. And so yes, it may seem like they get away with things and they have a good life, but at the end of the day, Their triumph will be short and their joy will be momentary because they will be spending eternity in separation from God. Yeah, just like it also says in verse 12, evil is sweet in his mouth and he hides it under his tongue. Though he desires it and will not let it go, but he holds it in his mouth, yet it does say that God will swallow his riches, he will vomit them up, And God will expel them from his belly. So just like the same understanding that it's not going to last, right? God will give him exactly what he deserves. And then he goes on about the same topic about the wickedness of man. And then he concludes with that in verse 29. This is the wicked man's portion from God. That it'll be a momentary enjoyment, but it will be an eternal damnation. And then Job is going to reply to him, and he combats it by saying that the wicked often do prosper. And isn't this what sinners do so often? Verse 13, they spend their days in prosperity, and suddenly they go down to Sheol. They say to God, depart from us. We do not even desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him, and what would we gain if we entreat him? Behold, their prosperity is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. So, how often does that happen? Isn't that basically the intent of the heart of sinners? Who is God? Go away. We don't want to have anything to do with you. We don't want to know anything about you. And we don't want to serve you. We want to serve ourselves. Isn't that the human condition in a more descriptive form? I mean, it certainly seems that way. But Job is still sticking to the fact that he wants to contest his issues to God face-to-face. And then Eliphaz steps in for a third time, and he has some very nasty things to say. He is now accusing Job of things that he has not done. He went to being a supportive friend to flat out accusing him of great evil. Saying things like, you rob the poor. You leave people naked. You know, not helping the hungry. Not taking care of widows and abusing orphans. I mean, like he gets really nasty in the way he talks to him. And... What he says, though, at the end of his chapter is very true, though, towards sinners. And this doesn't apply to Job, because Job is not actively sinning, but he thinks he is. Like it says here, Yield now, and be at peace with him. Thereby good will come to you. Please receive instruction from his mouth, and establish his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove unrighteousness far from your tent, then the Almighty will be your gold and choice silver to you. For then you will delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will pray to Him, and He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you. And light will shine on all your ways. When you are cast down, you will speak with confidence. And the humble person he will save. He will deliver one who is not innocent. And he will be delivered through the cleanliness of his hands. So this is a beautiful description of the call to repentance, isn't it? Yield. That first word is extremely important. Yield. As in submit. Or surrender. Right? That is certainly the posture it is to be humble. Right? To establish humility, you have to let go of your ego. And it requires you to yield, to submit to someone else. Yield and be at peace with him. There's only one way to be at peace with him, and that's to accept Jesus Christ, right? And all these things will come true, and he's exactly correct in those statements. But he's still wrong that Job. this applies to Job, you know? And then Job replies, saying, okay, right, this is what you really think about me. And he declares his longing for God. And I love what he says here in verse 10. But he knows the way I take. God knows my intentions. God knows if I'm righteous or not. He knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I still hold fast to my innocence before God. My foot has held fast to his path. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the command of his lips. And oh, I wish we could be this. I really wish this could be a, we describe our relationship with God. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow! Now that is a beautiful description of how you describe your relationship with God and your dependence upon his word. If that doesn't define you, I don't know what will be a better description. This is the fruit of the Spirit here that we should have. He knows the way that we take, and when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. And how do I know that I will come forth as gold? Because my foot has held fast to his path. I have not departed from the word, and I have been obedient to it. I have kept his way and not turned aside, right? I have not deviated from the word of God. I have been obedient to it in its entirety. I have not departed from the command of his lips, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That is beautiful. I certainly hope that can describe us that way. That is what God is requiring from us. And then in chapter 24, he describes just how evil is just all over the place, and God apparently tolerates it, and he doesn't understand why. And we have those same thoughts too, right? Why why is there so much evil in the world and he's okay with it? And It's not that he's okay with it. But it's the fact that he does give people a choice to turn to him or to turn away from him. And more often than not, they do not select him. He gave us free will and he wants us to exercise it. But of course, his preference is that we were to use it in his favor. Right? But he does allow us to exercise free will. And with that comes consequences, whether good consequences or bad consequences, depending on how we use it. But the desire of God's heart is for us to obey him and to follow him. But he knows the intentions of people's heart. He knows who will and will not obey him. So, We keep that in mind, that it's not that God forces anybody to follow a certain path. Most people take their own path that they have decided for themselves, and God allows them. He has a permissive will. His perfect will is that all would obey him, but his permissive will allows room for human error and for free will. And so there will be times that God overrides that, for example when he offers salvation to someone there is no option there he activates people to his cause but at the same time a lot of these problems and issues in life he lets us decide on our own and he will he already knows what we're going to pick so he's already carved the path for us right and so we need to look to God for direction, right? We, we read then the Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? There's three things that we should be doing here. Trust in the Lord with all our heart, one. Lean not on our own understanding, right? Don't trust ourselves so much, three. In all our ways, acknowledge him, right? Everything we do, he should be involved. We should carry him along in every even the minor menial tasks of life. And then we do those three things, what will happen? He will, it depends on your translation, he'll either make your path straight, or I like the King James Version where it says, He will direct your paths. The reason why I say that is because making your path straight, being a Christian, is not always smooth and level, right? But yet, God will direct us down that path and we can trust our guide, right? It won't always be easy, but it will be the right way, and we will be blessed by it. So we're not done yet with the help of his friends, so to speak. We still have a couple more chapters of that before another man enters the scene named Elihu, who has apparently been sitting on the sidelines Listening to all this, and he's younger than the other men, and out of respect for his elders, he has kept quiet, letting them say what they're going to say. And these older men are going to go absolutely nowhere with Job. They're trying to get through to Job in what they think is right, but Job is holding fast to his integrity. Job is still wrong for challenging God. But overall, other than that, he has been correct in that he has not sinned. And Elihu is just going to hear all this, and then he's just going to have, he's he's going to say, I've had enough, I need to speak up, because this is ridiculous. So, we're about to get to Elihu here soon, before I look forward in a few days when we hear what God himself has to say to Job when all has been said and done. You want to hear from me, Job? Here we go. This is what I have to say. And man, it gives me goosebumps when I read that every time, beginning in chapter 38. But we'll get there. We're almost there. That's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.